Welcome to the Jesus Said Love podcast. This is a space where we talk about what it means to awaken hope and empower change. Listen, for over a decade, Em and I have been fostering relationships with men and women who've been impacted by the commercial sex industry. And it's through those relationships that Jesus Said Love was born. We figured it was time to talk about what this ministry has taught us and is still teaching us along the way. I promise it's going to be a place of conversation and story. And we hope you learn something new. Maybe you see something in a new way. Fun fact, you're going to hear music because Brett and I are musicians. Yep. We can't just talk. Nope. we got to sing and play too. We do. Here's the deal, guys. Our hope is that as you hear these stories, that you'll tap into your own story and that you'll be encouraged to live and love well like Jesus. Well, hello there, Emily. Happy 2020. Oh my gosh, we're back in the saddle. We are. We are here. I, I, I got to be honest. I've missed this. We haven't done this since December. I know. It's been, it's been a hot minute for are you sure. Feeling Do people still say that, a hot minute? Totally, they say okay. that. I mean, well, I say it. I also sound... Like I'm two octaves lower than I typically do, so apologies there to our listeners. You are a little you're getting out of the a weather, smoky but, jazz lounge singer but on it the is podcast. One of my favorite qualities about your voice is when it drops when a little sick. lower, a little like husky, that? little okay, little all the things. Glad okay, so we here this, for you, babe. Welcome to season two of the Jesus Said Love podcast. I can't believe we're doing season two, but we had mm-hmm. such great response from season one. Yeah, we are jumping into 2020 with season two and first episode. Is going to be a bang. It is. What are we talking about today? So we're talking about what is currently, which doesn't mean it will be always, but currently been a pretty hot topic regarding the halftime show with J-Lo and Shakira. And we, um, over the past 48 hours, our inboxes, our personal ones, and Jesus Said Love has just been flooded with the question of, oh my gosh, are you guys going to put out a statement about what went on at the halftime show and how could J-Lo, you know, be up there on a stripper pole in front of all of America? And what do you guys think about this? And will you do a response to this? And I did a lot of thinking. I honestly, I didn't want to say anything. And I know that sounds weird, but... No, it doesn't. And I, f- I firmly agree that originally my position was that we were not going to make a statement because everybody else was making statements. And there's it's like everybody's so, making a statement about everything. so many statements. And people are taking this side and that side. And what about this? And it's connected to this and that and da 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 I'm well, like, why are we doing that? We don't need to make a statement about everything that happens in the culture. Right. And I think because our work, I mean, there was literally so much work right in front of my face to be done. There, there were real women who we really knew and really had relationships with that we were taking care of, that we were empowering, that we were helping, that we were lifting up. That, And I'm like, wait, is this my job? Like, I even called on some other survivor leaders in other areas of ministry similar to ours, and I was like, is this our job now? Like, is this is this what we do Is is we kind of, give all these cultural responses like op-ed pieces on Instagram. I'm not a Washington Post writer. I don't write for the New York Times. But is that what Instagram is turning into? It's like all these op-ed pieces on cultural events of the day. So while I do think leaders bear a responsibility to understand what's happening in the world and be ready, like with a ready word, I mean, like how exhausting when that's just not my only job. That's just not totally what I'm only here for. However, it continued to come up. 
I did put pen to paper. I put some thoughts down. And if I'm going to be honest, sometimes I hide because I still don't know what I think about everything. (laughs) I'm still trying to figure out what it means to be a woman, what it means to be, if I'm calling myself a faith-filled feminist woman, like what does that even, what does that even mean? You're saying you don't know all the answers? I don't know. And that makes me mad sometimes because I like more than anything, I I do want to know these things. Well, and you read other people who clearly do. Who have an answer. Clearly they have the answer for everything because it's on Instagram and it's getting retweeted. And And I used to be like that. Like that's the reality is that I used to have an answer for everything and thought that I knew the one way. And, and that in some ways is an easier life, except that it's not filled with any peace and there's not a whole lot of joy in it. You're just always pissed. Hmm. You're always mad that somebody's not getting it right. And, and you have this self-righteous indignation that you are. And if everybody could just do things your way, then the world would be a better place. And dang it, like that's just not how it works. It doesn't so, work that way. So as I put pen to paper, I had a lot of thoughts and um, I read it to the staff and the staff said, it means more coming from your voice. Like we could put this on Instagram, but people can't hear you. This needs to be a conversation. And I said, you're right. And you said, I would love to do a podcast on this, Emily. And I was like, well, we're not doing a podcast unless we have some Latina women representation in the house because that is what this moment was ultimately about. Absolutely. And that was the invitation extended as women in Miami and influencers and pop icons, cultural icons, Latina icons. Um, So I didn't want to have this conversation. So on the podcast today, we are so excited to introduce two very dear friends of JSL and incredible um, Latina women in our community who are moving and shaking. So we have on the podcast today, Vanessa Ramirez. Hello, hello. And Vanessa has, gosh, we knew you years and years ago when JSL had just really gotten off the ground oh, before yeah. we even had a building. Yeah. It's, I think I was still in high school. Yes. When I met you guys. How old are you now? 31. Oh, oh my, my gosh. It's gosh. been that long. It's been that long. Thanks for staying with <laughs> us, Vanessa. Thanks for being consistent. <laughs> wow. Um, Vanessa has been a voice on several topics that we've had regarding women and culture wars surrounding this idea of womanhood. womanhood. Um, she has had her youth ministry involved. She has served at every single Wild Torch, except for last year, but yeah. has been involved in every single one, boots on the ground. Um, we've spoken at the church she was involved in. Anyway, and you've been involved in startup churches, so you just possess an incredible background of knowledge and wisdom for us. So we're so thankful to have you on the show. Thank you. Um, and Stephanie Welch. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Stephanie is also a newer friend of JSL. When did you move here? It will be four years in June. Okay. Wow. Mm-hmm. So Stephanie is the an entrepreneur. She is the owner of Black Daisy Boutique. She has a very fierce, loyal fan base, and you can find her on Instagram. Um, she also has green and black hair right now, <laughs> but it will not like be it's that. It's not just green. Like no. it is swaggy, emerald. It's emerald. You're going to the Emerald City. In your face, yes. (laughs) I love it. 
Um, and she also sits as a new member of our dream team, which is through Lovely, um, helping entrepreneurs gain access to microloans to start their own business. Um, Stephanie also has a really incredible, powerful testimony that I have heard. She did a piece on the news. It's also on her blog. And she is also a human trafficking survivor. So not only does she represent the Latina community, but she is also a trafficking survivor and represents survivors everywhere. So we are so glad to have you on the show. Thank you for having me. Um, Excuse me for my voice. I'm going to go ahead and make apologies again because I'm going to be drinking a lot of water during this. I want to hear your thoughts. When I asked you to come on the show, I just immediately thought, what was it like for each of you watching the halftime show at the Super Bowl? Did you watch it? What were your immediate thoughts when you watched the show? And what do you want to tell our listeners about your perspective? <laughs> We're pointing at each other. Go, go, go. You go first. Um, yes, I watched it. Um, I was actually kind of excited about it mm. for the first time in a while. Yeah. And I watched it with two of my really close friends and their two-year-old daughter. And it came on and she was so adorable she was dancing. She would go from her parents to me to be like, twirl me, yes. twirl me. Like, it was just such a celebration. Mm. And I actually didn't, I was kind of surprised at the aftermath mm-hmm. because I think anybody that follows the trajectory of their careers, mm. I've never seen them not in an outfit like that <laughs> ever. I mean, I remember being in middle school and seeing Shakira's like, I've been a fan of her since she was a Colombian rock star Mm -hmm. before she crossed over. Okay. And I just remember seeing that um, that video wherever, whenever. And I was like, well, first of all, I grew up in Texas and I've never seen a belt that big. (laughs) That belt is awesome. (laughs) And then my second thought was, okay, uh, yeah, that, I don't think I'll be able to move like that ever. (laughs) Um, But it was just really, really cool. And, you know, I did like the wavy hair. I was like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. I see. A little Shakira. I mean, I'm never going to look like her, but I see a little sliver of myself yes. and I like it. Yeah. So my overall response was like very positive. Mm. And I was actually pretty taken aback by the uproar or whatever. I'll get more into that later. But yeah. I was, I was a little surprised. Okay. Okay. So first thoughts and Steph, what about yours? So initially... I had not watched it. Um, I was sick in bed and I was scrolling through social media and I saw the rage and the uproar and the anger. And I was like, what is going on? Um, As a Latina woman myself, I was also so excited to find out that there was going to be two Latina women for the halftime show, that is huge. Mm-hmm. Like that alone is huge. Even being a Latina business owner is so hard. Mm-hmm. So for two Latina women, not one, but two, to be able to do that, I was so excited. And so, you know, I was reading everybody's responses and I was expecting to see some raunchy, tasteless, you know, performance. And mm-hmm. so I finally watched it. And I cried. Mm. (laughs) I cried that there was so much anger towards a performance that I watched because I felt like I had watched 
two different things. I feel like what I was watching was different than what they were watching. Exactly. Mm. I was watching like women being strong and beautiful and making political statements, yeah. whether or not we agree with them. Yeah. Um, and just standing together and talking about what is important and our children and all of these things. And I cried because I thought it was beautiful. I didn't even focus on the fact that there was a stripper pole. I mm. was like, in my mind, when I watched it, it was like watching Cirque du Soleil. Mm. <laughs> Not yeah. any different. It was <laughs> acrobatic. She wasn't raunchy. Um, and so, yeah, my initial reaction was that it was beautiful and that I was proud that my culture had a voice and that the entire performance was all Latinos and Latinas. I thought it was beautiful and I, I didn't understand and I quite frankly, still kind of don't understand mm -hmm. what the anger was about. So who, who are you hearing when you took to social media? Who is the rage coming from? Um, <laughs> it is a very um, specific. Uh-huh. Tell us who that is. And I just, well, let me, uh, something I learned from Pop, because I just listened to the podcast you yeah. had with him. And as you can... You can, like, talk about something without talking about it. So, like, okay, my mom is obsessed with Pride and Prejudice, so we all are. Okay. I did not grow up in Jane Austen's time <laughs> era. I did not... I can't, like, relate to, like, that being the sole purpose of my value to be married off, but, like, I can quote the movie. I can quote the book. I'm, like, I can relate to the characters without having that background and without being that. Mm. So it's super surprising. Oh, I want to say surprising. Mm -hmm. I grew up here right, <laughs> in the Bible right. Belt of Central Texas. So I was disappointed but not surprised, mm. which I think is more heartbreaking mm. that there's such an outrage from the same people that like applauded, you know, like mm. Maroon 5. I don't, I don't feel like any of my little cousins that are guys like started stripping off their shirt wearing their pants at their pelvic bone and riding like California uh -huh. with like a Sharpie on their chest after that Super Bowl. Uh -huh. It just wasn't a You're thing. You're talking about Adam Levine's <laughs> yeah. performance from last year. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And like when Katy Perry did hers, it was like fun in California mm. and like I had a good time, but I don't think anyone mentioned the fact that mm. she had like whipped cream pretty much like on, on her <laughs> right. nipples. Like, like, like right. Exploding cans <laughs> of whipped cream out of her I nipples. Mean, I'm a yeah, huge fan of confetti and yeah. glitter more than anyone. Right. But it, it was just, it's so weird for me to see the same crowd that embraced those displays of art have mm. such offense mm. with this one. I mean, you talk about not being family friendly. Shakira was a literally in the same outfit that her Zootopia character wore. Right. So <laughs> I'm just like, um, okay, mm. yeah, sure, that's okay. Yeah. That I mean, J Lo's daughter is singing, belting her heart out. I'm like, that's Mark Anthony's daughter. She uh -huh. killed that. Yeah. yeah. It, it was. I was. I don't know. I. So the rage is coming from a very specific demographic. Yes. I will go ahead and say that what I am seeing is the rage coming from a lot of my conservative friends. Oh, yeah. And I think that my my friends that don't know me very well are very shocked to find out that I am actually a very conservative person when it comes to my beliefs. Mm -hmm. mm. Um, I haven't, I'll just say that I haven't seen any anger 
or disappointment coming from any of my black women friends. I haven't seen any anger, disappointment coming for, from my Latina friends. Mm-hmm. All that I'm seeing is from my white friends. <clears throat> yeah. And I think for me, that hurt me the most because I know a lot of these women. And do I agree with the fact that there was a stripper pole there? No. No, I don't. Will I be doing that? No, I won't be. Um, But going back to my kids, I watched it again with my kids because I wanted to see their reaction. Mm -hmm. And they stood up and started dancing. Mm -hmm. My kids, they're like, oh, what will your kids think? My kids don't know sexuality. Exactly. They're six and eight, you know. They were like, come on, mama, shake your booty. You know, they don't know. They're and having fun. Yes, they're having a, they're they're not, ha- that's not sexualized yet for exactly. them. Exactly. And in our culture, like, it's part of our... Dancing is very much part of our culture. Yes. Um, even, I mean, provocative dancing, like, if you even want to call it that, like, do we remember La Lambada? Mm. Remember that? Yeah. Like, I used to dance like that when I was mm. little because it was art and I thought it was cool. I never thought, like oh my gosh, I'm sexualizing myself. You know, mm-hmm. those thoughts just never like ran through my head. Exactly. Um, and I remember I spoke with you about this, that one of my, um, one of my Facebook, um, one of my Facebook friends said, oh. I, I posted my reaction, which was, this was great. You know, I'm so proud to be a Latina woman. And this person who I am no longer friends with on social media for my own mental health Hmm. said, I don't understand how people want to talk about sex trafficking, but are okay with women dressing this way and acting this way. What are we teaching our children? To which I responded, you know, it didn't matter what I look like, what I dress like, what I presented myself like that did not warrant me being sexually trafficked against my will. Mm-hmm. And this person's response killed me. It's still killing me that another woman would say this. She said, well, what did then? Well, what did then? For another woman to ask a woman, what did you do that was mm-hmm. wrong for that to happen to you? I'm like, this is what we're getting from from this performance. Like, mm. this is what where we're going. Wow. Um, and I said, if you're asking me what I did wrong to warrant me being drugged and sexually trafficked mm. against my will, my answer is nothing. Mm. Because there is nothing that any woman can do to warrant her going through that. And I use the example of, I don't care if I was out on the streets selling my body, and if I was wearing near nothing, if I was taken against my will and sexually abused, it's still wrong because there was no consent. Mm. And that was the mindset that I'm seeing. Like this, that's where we're going with this. And it's just wrong. Mm. So, so Stephanie, what does it, what does it do then? Because what we've heard a lot, particularly in social media and I have found it, I'm, I'm still trying to reconcile my own mind, but we, we have jumped to the conclusion that because of what those two did on the stage at halftime, therefore is, there is a direct connection to human trafficking. How does that message hit you? 
For me, it's, again, it, first of all, no woman deserves to be sexually trafficked against her will ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it doesn't matter if a woman wants to express her sexiness. It doesn't matter if a woman doesn't want to express her sexiness. There's no connection there because you can't say, well, she was half naked, so then she deserved to be sex trafficked because mm-hmm. she did that to herself. Would you say the same thing if that was your child? Mm. You know, would you say the same thing if that was your sister? She deserved it because she, her butt cheeks were hanging out. No, you wouldn't say that. And I hate to say that women are raped and sexually abused, whether they are wearing a turtleneck. Yeah, full burkas yes, in Muslim countries. Exactly. I mean, yeah. Or if their boobs are hanging out, it doesn't matter. <clears throat> and guess what? Neither one is worse than the other. There's no connection there for me at all. Mm. Mm. Also for me, it's tone deaf. You know, the when you alluded to the, you know, the displays of, you know, of just such a graceful way to bring politics to the stage, which my grandparents didn't even notice it. And I mm. brought it to their attention, you know, these beautiful glowing orbs of these children. And I'm like, those are children in cages. And I don't think you even noticed it unless you were looking for it. And for me, if you, especially, you know, close to y'all's heart, just knowing the heart that you have for the city and the marginalized, it's astounding to me to make that leap. If you care about families, the outrage, that's what I kept hearing. Like, it's it's not family friendly. It's so over-sexualized. But to me, it was a celebration of, of joy, mm. like she alluded in our in our families, you know, at quinceañeras, at weddings, uh-huh. it's about dancing uh-huh. because our <laughs> culture is not just one thing. It it's such a broad spectrum of things. Like, you know, I'm like super Mexican American, mm. Texican. Like, my parents <laughs> were raised on rock and roll. My grandparents spoke Spanish when they wanted to talk about things they didn't want us to hear. Uh-huh. So, you know, for me, dancing was kind of the only connection I had mm. with cousins and people that spoke Spanish primarily in the home or grew up in a different background. You know, I've, I grew up in church. I grew up in the Bible Belt. Mm-hmm. So, but dancing was never sexualized for us. Like you can have, you know, your theos and stuff like trying to be like, you know, tell your aunts, oh, you think you're Shakira and mm-hmm. you have little kids and it's just a celebration. And that's what it was for me. And just the honing in on the sexualized part of it. I don't ever hear that with the NFL cheerleader uniforms every week I don't ever hear that you know and to me if you're if you're gonna have such a place in your heart for human trafficking how do you not have a place in your heart for families because those policies those things they contribute to those and I just it was such a disconnect and it was so tone deaf to me that people were making the connection off of a performance. That's an interesting, I like that phrase tone deaf because um, as you're talking, I'm thinking, I'm thinking of the TV show dancing with the stars, right? <laughs> right. Where most of the women wear n- not a whole lot, if we're being honest. <laughs> um, and majority of the dances that they're doing are from the Latin culture, you know, the samba and the salsa and the rumba and all, mm-hmm. you know, all those things. And they are sexual dances. Like mm-hmm. there is a sexuality to them. But, or sensual. Or sensual. Yeah. But does the rumba promote human trafficking? Right. right. Because that's basically what we said in all of the posts about the NFL thing. And I know there's some, we're going to pull it apart a little bit more that, that 
would lead some, you know, stripper pole, what we can get there. But I think even in, in Shakira's performance, all the dances she did were, were, was from her town. Yeah, it was yes. very cultural. Yes. Yes. Let's, yes. Talk yes. let's talk, let's please, talk about that. Let's can we talk, this. yeah. Can we please talk about the difference between, that's one of my main, did you guys see a difference between the two performances yes. as Latina women? So one of the one of the first things that I noticed um, in Shakira's performance was how so you know when people think women of color we easily think black women mm-hmm. right when I think women of color I think black women and Latina women because Latina women have women of all color um, there is what you know I'm Central American I'm Honduran and Guatemalan and so we have like. Afro Hondureñas, mm-hmm. Afro Guatemaltecas, you know, that they mm-hmm. look like they look like, you know, black women, but they're Latina women. And so when I saw that Shakira had women of all color yes. in her dancers, I that's one of the things that made me so emotional because she is celebrating every Latina woman. Mm. Believe it or not, even in our own cultures, Latina women you know, sometimes shame the women that are darker. Let's talk about it. Yeah. I can talk about it all day. (laughs) And so in our own cultures, you know, like if you're too dark, like, oh my gosh, you're too dark. And so the fact that she had every shade of Latina Mm. in her dancers, I was so excited to see that. And then I was seeing all of these ridiculous memes about Shakira's tongue. (laughs) And I'm like, this is how culturally blind we are, is that we want to sexualize that. And that's the problem, is that we are sexualizing this. That was not a sexual thing at all. She's Lebanese. Yes, she's Lebanese and Colombian. And so that is part of her culture, literally. Belly dancing, part Mm -hmm. of her culture, literally. Um, And I was, I just can't fathom how watching that you focus only on the sensuality and sexuality of it when there was so much more. And I feel like I'm so blinded from that because when I watch it, I see empowerment and beauty and, you know, statements and I'm just... I just don't get it. Yeah. I've legit watched it like three times. Yeah. Okay. So, so yeah. What did you? Okay. When she talked about just the, which I'm really glad you brought it up because I kind of wanted to touch on it. First of all, hello, uh, Central Texas listeners. In case we lost you, let's just like break down the cultural mm-hmm. significance of the stages because it was super, super dynamic. You know, I think a lot of people here might know JLo more, mm-hmm. but Shakira's performed at the World Cup. Like that's mm-hmm. like. Everyone outside of our country, that's like a big deal to Right. Them. So, um, okay, so the, I'm just going to make sure like I don't mess it up. So that the tongue thing that mm-hmm. spawned a million memes, mm-hmm. it's called the Zagruda, mm-hmm. and it's like a celebratory thing. You do it at places and ceremony of happiness and yes. joy. So it's so cool when we're talking about like representation, mm-hmm. visibility, there were parts, Shakira's half Lebanese, half Colombian, you know, JLo is Puerto Rican American. Mm-hmm. So there are parts that I can relate to as a Latina, but I'm Mexican American. There are parts that 
I can just enjoy. Yes. Mm. What an idea to be able to enjoy something <laughs> that is not catered to you. Right. So oh, wow. Like, say that again. Just enjoy say that again. things that aren't catered to you. <laughs> well, Let's what? do that it. That is so anti-American. If, if you believe it, you can do it. <laughs> and I know, I mean, hello, we're texting. Like, we're like the only ones that are like, we can have our flag at the same, you know, local American flag. Like, even Prop, when he came down, he was like, California and Texas are like legit low-key their own countries, which is like a part of the big one. I get that pride. Yeah. And so for me, I'm just like, we have to relate to things all the time that are not made for, for me, you. written for me from a POC voice. Like, hello, try being on staff yeah. in a church. Like the people... <laughs> People of color on staff at churches, we are used for the flyers, the bulletins, the community outreaches, but are the voices from the pulpit? Right. Are the ideas being actualized? Like, oh, that's a different day. But okay, (laughs) so the Zagruda, and then also her rope dance. Yes. It was from her music video, Oja Sasi, which is like, it had so much Lebanese... Mm. like background and Uh that was like one of her first like kind of more when she came out of like that rock Uh Um, as an artist I will say I was watching this as a as a performer as an artist as a musician I'm watching her and I know every single thing on that stage has has symbolic meaning there is no performer at that level who just half asses it and thinks yeah. I'll throw some things together. Every single thing is oh, intentional. Everything. So I'm watching her with this rope and it's like the rope. I don't know what it is. I have no, but I'm trying to figure out, I'm like, what is the rope? What's the rope <laughs> symbol? You know, what does it symbolize? She's, she's bound by it and then she's liberated from it and she's, you know, interacting mm-hmm. with it. And, and I am, I'm, I'm like so mesmerized by her interaction with this rope. So it was a Lebanese thing. Yeah. That's okay. such a cool musical interpretation too. I didn't even think that much. I was like, Oh my God, look at, look at that core work. Yeah. <laughs> so look, yeah. No, awesome. definitely that. And, I, I read a thing about <clears throat> Shakira. She started belly dancing at four. Yeah. yeah I read that too. Belly, belly yeah. dancing. Right. So, Insane. so is she sexualized at four? No. If, no. if we're going to make these belly right. dance things right. sexual, uh, no, no one would say that. So yeah. why are we why are we saying that now? Well, I have a few ideas and, on that. And I also <laughs> want to say this too: the the tongue thing. What, what did you call it again? Is it Zagruda? Zagruda. Zagruda? I don't know if I'm because it's not like a Spanish. Okay, word. so yeah, Emily and I have a new neighbor that lives behind yeah. us. Then mm-hmm. half the family is Le- I think the father maybe is Lebanese, and they had a party with all of their family the other day. Oh my gosh! And okay. I've never heard more of that noise. <laughs> Than ever before. Just it woke if, the whole neighborhood. First, because I, I was sitting outside and I was like, "What is happening?" <laughs> and and then I thought, "I love that. I love yeah. that. That clearly people with a different Somebody's culture. Somebody's excited. Somebody's real a, excited. They're having a party, and it's different than my white person McDonald's. Mm-hmm. You know, Country, the balloon Texan. arch, and here's your to go gift for oh coming my to my party." Eat my white people nachos and stuff. You know, <laughs> they're having a cultural party of their own, and yeah. that's what they do. And who am I to go? I'm going to call the police because they're making noise. And it, are, are they terrorists? Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Right? Why would I think that? But, exactly. Yeah. Don't worry, you're not alone. I am Latina, and I just moved to South Waco for the first time, so I was like three. I've never heard more like grito mm. and stuff. And I'm like, wow, like this is this is a. This is different. Okay. But like everyone's ready to party. It's a it's definitely a different vibe. And also the dance at the end of Shakira's performance mm-hmm. is the champata and it is actually from her native hometown and it's an Afro-Latino, you know, indigenous beat and dance. So that was beautiful. 
And then J-Lo with the Puerto Rican and American flag. I know mm-hmm. people are like, oh my gosh, you're in America. But I don't know if you guys know history lesson, <laughs> but I'm dumb. But I'm bummed. Uh, Puerto Rico is an American territory. Yeah. And they've actually what? voted for statehood me. like <laughs> multiple times. The last right. one being in like 2017. It's like us that yeah. keeps denying that Absolutely. request. Absolutely. And I don't know. I mean, you know, just uh, look at a, a map, you guys. Right. Emily and I were just in, we were Puerto, in Puerto Rico, Rico with our family this On a mission summer. trip this That's summer. Right. And we fell in love. We love the Puerto Rican people. people. My my cousin actually married a full Puerto Rican man. And so I first got to learn a little bit about Puerto Rico and his love for Puerto Rican food and his love for his culture and the dancing and mm-hmm. um, through years and years ago. Anyway, when we went to Puerto Rico, what was so astounding to me was the relationship with the Latina women, the Puerto Rican women to be exact, and their bodies and how comfortable they were mm. with what they were wearing. They were not obsessed with being skinny with having all the perfect, you know, uh, whatever we determine in America as as the white normative skinny woman. Um, They were comfortable. We did a salsa lesson. We were working in a farm in the morning and our farmer taught the salsa lesson (laughs) that night, Farmer Eric. And he could, you know, he could move. He was teaching us to move. He was At good one point, looking too. He was, he was so cute. And he was like, okay, now pair up and we're going to do this dance together. And, and we learned to salsa together. Boys and girls, this was a youth group, right? I come from Southern Baptist Evangelical where boys and girls can't touch because you're going to, I mean, well, for sure you're have lust. sex with each other yeah. or something. I mean, I'm like, please. Like we could so learn from another culture because they are not overly sexualizing one another. Everything they is sexual. are yes. enjoying the movement of the body. They are not ashamed of their bodies. Now, obviously we can't speak for every individual, but I'm saying as a culture, I found it so liberating and my girls who are very healthy, curvy girls, we found it to be like, I mean, I was convicted. I was just like, I want to, I want to have that relationship with my body. I want to learn to be that confident in my body instead of what I've been taught as a white woman. Because everything <laughs> at the base is sexual. Yeah. You know, you're taught. Well, you're it's almost, not just sexual. You're it's almost taught patriarchal. Yeah. To appeal to the, what to, a man to wants. The man, and to keep the man from lusting. Yes. You, so you need to cover your body because right. you are causing him to right. lust and have impure thoughts. Not teaching him how to take responsibility. With his own thoughts, yeah. yes. which is one of my, when I watch the halftime show as the man voice here, mm-hmm. my first thought was, oh, this is going to be interesting. This is going to have some interesting responses mm-hmm. because I know how our people do. Mm-hmm. We, we look, it's almost like we look for things. And by our people, you mean white Christian, white evangelical, evangelical. we'll even just throw yeah. in Southern. Sure. Um, it's like we look for things to pounce on. Yeah. And, oh, there's a poll. Sure, that, that definitely... Did anybody ever think, okay, J-Lo was just in a movie where she played a stripper. She was this promoting is, her movie, She y'all. was being a businesswoman. I mean, she was a businesswoman. Now, I'm not yeah, saying... Sure. Please, <laughs> please hear me if you're out there listening. I'm not saying 
exploiting strippers is a positive thing. That's not what I said. What I'm saying is I think in that moment, Jayla was being a businesswoman. Yeah. There's no doubt. And she was promoting her movie that she was just in. Yeah. Um, So... Yeah. I don't know. I just, I've read so many posts and in, in, I got to be honest, I, I personally didn't find it pornographic. Mm. That's one of the things I've read. Um, well, I didn't, oh, really? Yeah. I yeah. That, that it was, that it was pornographic. Um, when I read the definition of pornography, that show doesn't come to mind. I've, I've been exposed and hear from things that are much more in line with that definition than that halftime show. Um, I think my biggest concern when I started hearing the outrage was number one, how do you connect that to human trafficking? Yeah. Like how does that promote human trafficking? Yeah. Number two, if we're going to talk about human trafficking, why aren't we talking about the owner of the Patriots who was arrested in South Florida Uh for participating in Mm. human trafficking by buying sex? We haven't talked about that, and he wasn't penalized. So if we're going to get mad at the NFL, hey, NFL, why don't you do something about him? Because he is the demand, Mm -hmm. and the demand is what is driving this entire thing, Mm -hmm. I'm convinced of. So let's quit penalizing Shakira and J-Lo. I think the main thing that I continue to think is, why are we still talking about her? Like... Not just J-Lo, not just Shakira, Shakira, but I mean, woman. We're still making this about our fault. Yeah. That we're to blame. You know, and so so that's interesting to me, that we're still so outraged at what we perceive to be contributing to over-sexualization, and we're making it about her. Yeah. Still. Exactly. We know? as a society have come to this place. You know, it's not just the women, like the women didn't bring us here. This is what men in society have wanted. And so this is what celebrities have become. This is what they're responding to. Yes. So let's talk about that. Yes. I completely agree with you. And I really hope that my friends or, you know, people that are not my friends that are listening to this, that hold a different opinion than we do, can truly just sit Put your feelings aside for a second and really just listen to what we are trying to say. I'm so grateful that um, Brett and Emily asked two Latina women to come sit and do this. For me, that just speaks volumes that they even wanted that voice here. Um, And so I hope that you guys can just really just listen to what we are trying to say so that you can maybe just get a little piece of all of our culture and what we saw when we watched what outraged you. Mm. It was actually a moment of pride for a lot of us. Mm. It was visibility. If you talk about just the difference in the population and the growing population and mm. the visibility of Latino culture. I mean, we're in Texas, right? It's oh, in yeah. our food, our music. Like it's it's in everything that we do. And it's it's such a beautiful combination of the mm-hmm. cultures here. Mm-hmm. I, that's, I mean, I grew up here. That's my experience. So, But that does not translate to the entertainment world. Mm. It is, the percentage is so different. That's when true. When you talk about film, you talk about music. I mean, I think the same guy's been playing like 
the same Chola character for like decades. Like he was playing that character when my dad watched movies and he's playing that character now. And we're just now coming to a place of visibility. And so to bombard that with such rage that is to me so misdirected, Mm. let's, let's internalize that. And coming from a church background, I was in youth ministry for a decade Uh and not being in it for about three years. It's crazy how much of that time you talked about when you opened Mm -hmm. that when you always have an answer to everything, Mm. how exhausting that is, Mm. how exhausting it is to be angry all the time. Right. How exhausting. If we're exhausted as the church, what are the people that we're supposed to be reaching feeling? Mm. Because to me, that, that feel out there just, it's, I've spent the last three years just sort of listening and not saying anything and having to hear all of the lives and all of the relationships that fell through the cracks because you're trying to run a ministry. You're trying mm. to plan events. You're trying to reach these people. But, you know, the gospel is relational. Mm-hmm. And how many opportunities do we miss when we're just enraged all the time? Mm. The church, to me, seems to be, and I'm from it. Right. So I know too. that you can't change anything from the outside, right? But to me, I'm just like, wow, like we're just known for like the things that we don't like. Like Mm -hmm. there are so many more pressing issues, Mm -hmm. but like we want to be outraged about Shakira's hips, not, not telling a lie and (laughs) no Starbucks cups. It just, it seems so trivial. Yeah. I have a question. Um, And this is, you're, you're all three women, clearly. (laughs) So this is, I'm intrigued by this because I've seen this on the message boards. How did, so what I'm reading is a lot of. A lot of things are being brought to attention that J-Lo, apparently, I don't remember her doing this, but I have to go back and watch. Apparently, she grabbed her crotch a couple of times. Uh-huh. There was a camera. Talk to me about that. There was like a camera <clears throat> shot where she like slid on her knees and the camera like oh, went up, okay. you know, and she think. kind of, she kind of like grabbed Michael, it. Michael Jackson did? Michael Jackson. Right? How okay, many people? so... <laughs> I never get into politics, you guys. This is so against my own rules. But we're going to be angry that she had a quick, maybe possible, I don't even know that it was intentional, crotch, shot, grab, whatever you want to call it. But we're going to be okay with the president of the United States of Mm -hmm. America telling someone that because he has power and money that it's okay for him to grab women by the, and I'm not going to say it (laughs) because my husband would be very disappointed in me. (laughs) Um, But that's okay. We can brush that aside. And we're like, oh, that was a long time ago. You know, he's changed. He's changed, blah, 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 blah. So hold on, rewind. So what you're saying is it's okay for a man to do that to a woman without her consent, but it's not okay for her to do it to herself. So confused. So confused. Well, and let me add some more confusion to it. Um, My least favorite sport in the world is baseball. What do many baseball players do on camera? They grab their crotch. They're grabbing their crotch. Now, are they doing it sexually? Well, I mean... When you grab your crotch, you're just grabbing your crotch, okay? They wear cups. They've got this. They've got to move some things around. Nobody gripes about that. Right. But in those two, I don't think that's equivalent because this, because J-Lo's was, it's a sensual body. It has to do with sexuality. You're already assuming it was sexual. Donald Trump's had to do with sexuality. I'm going to say J-Lo's performance was about sensuality and sexuality. 
for, she, she was promoting a movie about stripping. Sure. So, so to me, what I'm saying is regardless of what you think about that in light of what Stephanie said, I don't understand why we give Donald Trump a pass, but we don't give JLo the pass. And to me, that is about white power and white privilege, male white power, white privilege. That is the epitome of oppressing a minority woman and saying it is absolutely fine to sexually assault a woman, but it is not okay for that woman who is doing a dance that is responding to that patriarchy. Exactly. I mean, all, all JLo was doing in promoting even hustlers. So what I'm saying, I understand I am not pro. Do I think the sex industry has harms? I do. I personally do. Obviously I I don't think as a person of faith, I don't find monetizing sex healthy. I do not believe that. So by the same token though, it is a part of our culture. It is absolutely a reality that has worked for centuries. So I can just be so mad at that all the time and just not get it. Or I can accept this is a part of the system that's been set up. And you know what? People are going to respond to it. And my job is to love and empower the people who have been victimized by it the people who may still be in it, to love people who may still feel like they want to be in it. Mm-hmm. All they're doing is responding to a system of power that has worked for them. Why are we so surprised by that? I think, I think that's what you know, is, is baffling in some ways, but yet not because I was also a part of the problem. I was raised in the church. Um, six years ago, I wrote an article that kind of blasted Beyonce. So I, so I, the white woman, blasted a woman of color for performing at the Grammys her drunken love song, which I found um, just so demeaning when Jay-Z was saying, I'm going to bite, I'm going to beat the box, box like Mike in 97, I bite. And he was talking about Ike Turner abusing, you know, Tina Turner at the restaurant and then biting like Mike Tyson did at Vander Holyfield's no, ear off. Sorry, Who? No, you're right. Mike yeah, Tyson did Mike bite. Tyson bit his yeah. ear. And so when Jay-Z was saying this about his wife, I was just, and then she's doing the stripper dance. And I was like, what incentive do the women that I work with who want to leave, if that's the very best, she's at the top of her game. Like if that's the representation, what incentive do the women have to leave? And I wrote this whole blog about it and this conservative blog picked it up and they were like, yeah. And I didn't realize I was part of that shaming of her in the same way that many of my friends today are shaming J-Lo. Wow. That's good. I mean, it's gross. It's But but it (laughs) it is where I was at and it is where I'm still trying to work out what it means to own my own sexuality, my own sensuality, my own relationship with my body. I mean, I feel like it's hard to be any woman right now. Oh yeah. Any woman. I think one of the uh, one of the other bigger things that I 
wanted to say was that, you know, me, myself as a business owner and where I stand is I'm all about women, empowering women, making women feel worthy and great and enough because society makes us feel all of the opposite. And my big thing is because of where I've come from and being a sex trafficking survivor, there is nothing in your past that makes you not worthy of your future. That's just always been my biggest thing. And with this whole thing, it's like, you know, so many of my friends are like, yeah, I'm going to empower women. I'm going to lift women up. And you know, that famous or um, popular quote that's going around, like, let's fix another woman's crown Mm -hmm. without telling the world it was crooked kind of thing. And, but then those same friends turned around and were shaming JLo and Shakira. And I'm like, oh, okay. So you're going to empower women, but only if they align with you, what you think they should be. Yes. And that's not what empowerment is about. Empowering women is about empowering women from all walks and all stages. Exactly. Even if you don't agree with what they're doing, Mm. that woman is still enough. Mm even if you don't think she is. Mm. It's solidarity. It's empathy. And it's just like, <laughs> hello, faith people. I hope you're still with us. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> love you before I say this. Mm-hmm. But it's very similar. The way I say it, I mean, I know you're like, that's gross. Because there are so many instances where I go back and you're just like, you know, I'm going to carry this cross and it's going to be great. And I go back and I'm like, ew. <laughs> like just ew. Right. You know, that, that tunnel vision is so exclusionary. It is so divisive. It is so dangerous Mm. and this idea this ccm safe bubble idea it's like when your kids graduate when they go to college and also if our churches are reaching what they're supposed to be reaching Mm. you probably shouldn't feel 100 percent comfortable leaving your purse on a pew if you are (laughs) you're probably not reaching the people that you need to be reaching and if you're like praying for these kids in your neighborhood to go to youth camp they're not gonna have the same bubbly cushy upbringing Mm. that you're raising your kids in so Keeping them from it is just not helping them yeah. at all. Have conversations and know that I love, y'all said in a podcast, you can hide pornography from your kids, but it's it's like it's searching. Like mm. you can put all the passwords, you can do all the things. It's just, it's, I'm beside myself in understanding what, femi- what, mm-hmm. what passes for feminism what passes for empathy within the church. It's like, it's just, I see all these posts of like, we went to this town and we built all these wells, but here I am. Right. I'm the center of this photograph. No one else in this photograph looks like me. I'm the center. Mm-hmm. And we went and we built wells and we came back, but there was no relation. We, I just, I don't understand that. What are they called? Volun, voluntourism mm-hmm. trips. Oh, I kind of yeah, equate yeah, yeah. that because uh-huh. it's like, instead right, right, of, right linking up with the local people that are already advocating that have a voice that are in these communities, we're going to go in, we're going to overpower because it's our voice. Mm -hmm. Our voice is what gets listened to. Our voice is what makes a statement. Well, our voice is right. right? (laughs) You know, it's right. Right? I mean, how could you not? And it's the same thing with the femininity. I'm 100% for burning the bra Mm -hmm. and marching, but let it... But if you if you attack if you yeah. if you challenge those ideologies if you challenge me then you're you're against women mm. how you're you're not we're not on the same playing field and that 
that's hard. Yeah, that's like it's so it's so challenging right now because most of the outrage that I have seen on Instagram has been from women. Yeah, it's been from white women. Yes, I I want. As a matter of fact, I want to read. I want to read a post. Oh my gosh, I haven't seen any of these. Um, from a a white evangelical, God fearing, sings in choir, lady. Who I saw this and I I just screenshotted it because I was I I had to read it four times because I was like, did you really say this? She said um, I was not impressed or interested in watching the vulgar jiggling of barely clothed body parts. This is what killed me. The words were in Spanish, thus unintelligible. Wow. How does that make you feel? You remember when you? Said like the four letter word thing. I'm just, I think that there's just like, I'm, you know, do you have thoughts? Mm. Because I just even that hurts, it hurts me. I, um, even like as an American born Latina, like that breaks my heart. Um, who I know God to be and who I know Jesus to be. Um, and what I've been taught that Jesus is love mm-hmm. and that Jesus is loving all people. Um, I think what it all comes down to this entire thing is that I never want to feel ashamed of my own culture mm-hmm. of being born into being a Latina. And when people say things like that, it breaks a person mm. like it hurts. I I remember growing up for so long. I was so angry that I was brown. <laughs> I didn't like it. Everyone else in my family is lighter than me. Mm. And um, my nickname, actually, my family nickname is Negra, mm. <laughs> which means like black girl, mm. pretty much. Um but now if they don't call me that, I feel like they're mad at me. (laughs) (laughs) But it's just, I can't even put into words. It's already so hard being a Latina woman in today's world. It's so hard. People don't get it. Mm. Um, My white friends are always like, what? It's hard. And I'm like, yeah, people look at me crazy in Waco. And they're like, what? They do? No, everyone loves you. I'm like, no, it's been hard to get to the place that I am. Mm. And so the hardest thing is for another Christian woman to speak down about any woman Mm. I just don't get it. I don't understand, again, the Jesus that I know is about love. And yes, he's about correction, but that's just not the way. But Mm. he's also about the kingdom. And he's also about every, the scripture says every Mm. tribe and every tongue. So to downplay, to dismiss, to shit on another tongue Mm. is... I mean, yeah, <laughs> that my my chest gets hot th- just thinking about that phrase because you just downplayed someone else's tongue it's, because you don't speak that language. You just said, "Eh, it's worthless." Yeah, it's and it goes back to that erasure that I don't mm. think that people equate. They're like, "How is it hard to be Latina? How is it hard to be?" I mean, we're in Texas, but sexualization and fetish, fetish whatever we're gonna pretend that I have words, <laughs> is not the same as. 
as respect, as visibility, it's not the same. Mm. So to just throw out that word, that over-sexualized word, it's, it's, it's hurtful. But to hear that in, mm. you know, I mean, this is the only place that I've known. I love to travel, but this is home. This is mm. home base. Mm-hmm. So to, if we're, and as someone who's, you know, not fluent in Spanish, it's kind of the opposite mm. with, you know, like you talked about women being so confident mm. in Puerto Rico and stuff. A lot of that stuff is Spanx or no Spanx, you're going to rock that spandex. But on the other spectrum of that, mm. it's internalizing so much of that. Like if you're, you know, gordita, mm-hmm. you know, flaquita, negrita, mm-hmm. whatever those internalized things of what shade are you on the spectrum? What mm. it's, we already have to deal with that within our culture as beautiful and full of pride as it is everybody is different. Yeah. So to deal with that, and so you don't necessarily have a home in that. You know, you've got people that are more Americanized, less Americanized, but then the culture you grow up in doesn't have a place for you either. Uh-huh. It doesn't listen to you. It doesn't respect you. It it, it doesn't want you. And mm. I'm kind of like you. I, I don't, I do love politics, but I don't necessarily like to talk about it. But it was really hard coming in today after... Yeah. S- Oh, okay. Well, yeah. after hearing the State of the Union last night, oh. my grandparents have watched it every year. Red, blue, they don't care. That it's the first time they've ever turned it off mm. because I come from a military family. I come mm. from a political family. My parents wow. were part of the La Raza Unida movement where you have communities with 90% Latino that don't even have a city representative wow. on the board. Yeah. And yeah. that was way back yeah. when, when they were my age. And you have, you know, rhetoric matters. Yeah. Words matter. Yeah. And to have this person at the highest level of office that the church is like grace covers, grace covers, but it's not extended to me and my family. It's not Mm. extended to all of the years that I drove your kids back and forth from summer camps and youth camps and the prayers that we had in my car. That's not, I'm not a part of that American gospel. I'm Mm. not a part of that love, that grace, that, Mm. that hurts. That is heartbreaking. And, um, I love, I love artists like Propaganda, Jefferson Beth, you know, Jackie Mm. O'Perry, they brought me back Mm. because after (laughs) the election, it was really hard to be like, okay, I'm not welcome in the church. It does not have a place for me. It, it cares more about somebody saying that they're going to put a prayer in school than it does about, I'm in the school. I'm praying with your kids. And you don't care. You don't care. And um, I love, um, Jefferson Best said, at its core, Jesus' gospel and the good news of the cross is pure opposition to self-righteousness and self-justification. And I love in the in the podcast, you had said, in order to move people, there's nothing like the arts that can communicate to the soul of humanity. We're wired for the arts because we're created by the divine. Mm. So to have such a musical display, mm. a celebration and mm. joy with like kids and like yeah. dancing and it just covered the spectrum of what mm. being Latino is. You know, you have J Balvin, you have Bad Bunny. I mean, there was disappointment in the community. My grandma was very disappointed. Pitbull was not there because it was right. Miami. <laughs> she wanted her celebrity boyfriend there. And she was like, I don't know these other two. And I'm like, Grandma, calm down. It's okay. But I'm Bad sure Bunny is so lit right That's now, though. Hilarious. Oh my gosh. Yes. And then That's on the weird. other end of that, if you want to talk about criticism, mine's actually on the opposite spectrum. I think that night was a beautiful night for Latina visibility, but I think it was a lesson 
and maybe a chance to humble ourselves in solidarity because it was amazing that there were beautiful Latinx artists on the mm. stage and their stage was amazing and there were Afro-Latino dancers. But if you talk about a headliner mm. and we talk about that, that within the culture, there's almost an erasure of the Afro-Latino mm. and the indigenous part of our culture. And there were two amazing artists on stage, but there were a lot of amazing black artists that mm. passed up that opportunity mm. as well. And I don't feel two things can be true. There can be amazing performers and reason that other amazing performers didn't do it. Mm-hmm. We can show our solidarity while also being proud of our heritage. Mm. And I think that's another conversation entirely, mm. but it's, it's worth being mentioned. Mm. Mm-hmm. Because you're saying there were different artists who passed up an opportunity to be there that night? Yes. Okay. Because of what it represented and what it meant for them. And I think we can celebrate the beautiful women that were on stage and mm. their performances while also acknowledging that even in Latino culture, mm. there's this speaking up when it's not necessarily your thing to share mm. or your, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you talk about like the, the white voice is always right. Mm. In telenovelas, mm. you're speaking 100% Spanish, but I've never seen anyone with a skin tone darker than like that wall. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so fair. Mm. And that's something that we need to discuss as well within the community is you can be an ally and still be the person that's being advocated for. Mm -hmm. You can be both things. Mm. And I think sometimes, especially right now in the political environment is one good thing I will say that came out of it is communities and marginalized groups that were kind of fighting for spotlight. Mm. We need attention now. We need our cause. They've kind of united because no one is safe now. Mm. No one is free from that. I'm pointing at you. Mm -hmm. You're the cause for my discomfort, my problems, my Mm. whatever's going on in my life right now, I'm going to point at you Mm. instead of understand that there are systems in place that we need to address. Mm -hmm. There's systemic things that we need to, so that, that, yeah, because that was criticism that was on my timeline was how can you be an advocate for all people of color when you're basically talking over Mm. black and brown bodies that neglected this opportunity mm. because of what it meant for them. So mm. I had, I had that on, that was the criticism on my timeline and it was, it was very interesting. I, I learned a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I think at the, at the bottom of this morning, as I was kind of sitting and preparing and just trying to clear my head, so many voices, like so much <laughs> out there. Oh my gosh. And so I was just sitting and being quiet and I was like, okay, what I kept hearing were two things. Number one, the incredible amount of fear that all of us are operating under yeah. for different reasons, for different spaces that we hold. We are afraid of different things mm-hmm. than you are afraid of, but it's still fear. And so when you're operating from a place of fear, it's like your limbic brain mode. It's fight, flight, or freeze. Mm-hmm. And so that's why there's so much rage, so much, I'm just out. I'm not even going to talk anymore, you know, or just, I don't know what to do. I'm just frozen. It's a, it's a survival response because there's so much fear. And then the second thing I thought of regarding the sexual exploitation of women and and the (laughs) stripper pole, because really, as I broke it down and and rewatched clips of the halftime show, I watched it in full. Then I watched certain portions. 
I think the outrage was about the pole. Had that been a piece of fabric, people would not have had the issue with it. Yeah. It was this. It was what it symbolized to the um, abolitionist movement that that pole and her performance, which was displaying the hustlers movie, all that, to them represented um, human trafficking, pornography, the sex industry. So because they saw that, then everything else went out. They couldn't see anything else. They couldn't go back and see Shakira in the fullness of who Shakira was because they just saw this pole. And so we got tunnel vision there. A lot of my people got tunnel vision there. But at the heart of what to me is the ill of the sex industry and the ill of human trafficking is one thing and one thing only. And it's not even about sexual immorality. It's about greed. It's about consuming and wanting what you want when you want it right then. And that is what America is plagued with is... We are greedy people. And so what I want to ask my people who were so outraged is have you looked, if you're, if you're so outraged by human trafficking, if you're so outraged by the commercial sex industry, have you looked at your own greed? Have you looked at what you want at the expense of another person? Have you looked at the ways that whatever you're consuming in terms of products or food, I mean, are you really going to be mad at JLo while you are spending an exorbitant amount of money in foreign countries that make products on the backs of young children? Because that's human trafficking too, yeah. not just sex trafficking. So I think those, I think all this halftime show did, unfortunately, was expose just like the State of the Union last night, it exposes our division. It exposes where we're truly at. And it is noisy and it is scary. Mm -hmm. And 2020 is going to be hard. Mm -hmm. And it's going to require an incredible amount of grace. And my hope and my prayer is that the church, those who claim to be followers of Christ would dig deeper into themselves instead of digging outward into all the others. Mm -hmm. And that the voice of the spirit inside of us would be so loud that it's conviction of our own hearts rather than judging everyone else's motives and hearts. Amen. I am so... Any last thoughts as we wrap up from you gals on... We've covered a lot of ground. That was a lot. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's so funny because after I had deleted my my whole thing, after that girl literally crushed my heart, mm. I was going to take the silent approach. Um, I wanted nothing to do with it. I was just done with it. And then my beautiful Emily... sent me that message and um, I laughed because God knew that this needed to happen and that, you know, these voices needed to be heard. And when she sent me that, I literally just, I just started bawling. I just started crying because I literally said, I'm done. I'm not doing this. Mm. I'm just not. 
Um, because it would be better for me and my business than, you know, Mm. if I just leave this alone. Mm. Um, and so I just, again, I want to thank you for just making both of you guys making this such a safe place for women, um, and not just one type of woman. And that has always been something that speaks greatly to me about both of you guys. Mm. Um, you guys have won my heart over and over and over and over again And I just hope that this really helps people understand what is really going on in our culture, not just the Latino culture, but what is really going on in America. Um, The way I just want this to help change the way that we think and that we look at women. Um, But yeah, just thank you so much Mm -hmm. for even doing this, because I know even for me, this is out of my comfort zone as far as how I want my business to be in in a safe zone, right? Because <laughs> I don't want to be controversial, even though mm. in, deep in my bones I just am. Mm. Um, and I know that it's hard for you guys also because a lot of the supporters of JSL mm-hmm. are probably some of the people that were completely outraged. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for you guys to just say this is important and we're going to talk about this, um, as two white friends of mine, <laughs> <laughs> I thank you so much for putting yourselves out there like that. Mm, thank you. Thank you, Vanessa. Every time I'm in this building, I end up crying, but it's always like a good situation. I have followed you guys since I was, I think I saw you at Common Grounds one time and it's just mm-hmm. like this high school kid and like this college atmosphere. Mm. But you guys have consistently advocated for voices that are not your own mm-hmm. and not just advocated, but elevated. And I think it is, it's such a breath of fresh air when you're particularly from a faith background and as you grow and as you grow up, you understand that, hey, this, this isn't open and shut. This is, mm. there are people and there are lives and just all of that. And to mm. everyone that was outraged, I mean, I may not be able to understand where you're coming from, but one thing that I really believe is that fear dissolves in close proximity. Mm. So if we can relate to each other, the things that unite us, I think we'll find out that way more unites us than divides us. And at the end of the day, it is a halftime show. (laughs) Its only purpose was to entertain you. But the job of raising your families, raising your kids, that falls on us. That, that is not the job of, of uh, two entertainers on a random Sunday in February so, and I think they learn a lot more if 10% is what happens to you and 90% is what reacts to it. What are they learning from your reaction? Mm. What are they learning? I think that I would learn a lot from tearing or building someone up than I would the initial, mm. whatever they did to trigger you, mm. love you, <laughs> have a good day. <laughs> well, and to all of our Latina friends, right? Mm. Si se puede, viva la raza. I mean, you know, I think J Balvin said it on stage. I was shaking it so I didn't really hear him all the way. <laughs> I'm just going to drink from my Selena cup. Yes, I've already, if you haven't seen the Selena cup, go look at our stories. It's awesome. Um, we thank you so much. You guys help us find our voices because we are not uh, isolated individuals on this planet. We find who we are through one another and we find who God is through one another because God's not 
a white person. God's not a Latina person. God's yeah. not, right? God is so multifaceted. And so thank you for helping us shape um, the voice in the world and God's voice in the world. And um, yeah, hope you enjoyed this conversation. I know, and I would, I would just say this in closing. The next time you experience something that you find hot button or controversial, don't go to Facebook first. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> what? That's go, an option? Go take somebody to lunch and talk about it uh, because it just might end a little bit better. Yeah. And you don't always have to make a statement on something. Say it so, louder for the people in the back. You don't <laughs> always have to make a statement about something. Oh. We're figuring it out, guys. Em, I just, I, it, just in closing, I, I love that. You can look back on what you wrote six years ago and go, and I, yeah, that's not I, where I'm at anymore. It's not fully where I don't think I necessarily would have written it in the same way. It may be sure, there's probably still things some that I believe. truths in there, but, but yeah, you probably I, would have not put her quite on blast. Yeah. I knocked, I punched, I punched Beyonce around pretty good. She was, don't care. It was she, <laughs> she don't care at all. She's like, go ahead. Um, I'm in formation, you know? Um, but as Vanessa received, Vanessa said, I love that fear dissolves in close proximity. And so as we have walked beside survivors of the industry, as we have learned them, I do not fear walking into a strip club. I do not fear seeing a woman on a pole. There is nothing that scares me mm-hmm. about that anymore. And, um, and that is the work of the gospel. That is the work of the gospel in my heart. I hope you'll join us this season as we tackle... Fun topics, but also topics that are hard. And I'm going to be honest, guys, we may not agree on everything, but I can tell you we all love Jesus and we're all pursuing Jesus. And if we can do that together, even in our little disagreements, then I think we're going to be better for it on the other side. So I hope you'll join us this year. If you have topics you want us to talk about, please email us, brett, B-R-E-T-T, at jesussaidlove.com or emily, E-M-I-L-Y, at jesussaidlove.com. Anything. We'll talk about whatever, clearly. We'll we'll go there. And we'll do the best we can. So, y'all, thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Thank you. Thanks for having so, us. We'll talk soon. All right. Bye. <laughs> hey, thanks for joining the Jesus Said Love podcast. We are so glad you have chosen to awaken hope and empower change with us. We want to remind you to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and leave us a review. Yes. Because your voice matters. It's how we get this message into the world. And lastly, be sure to follow Jesus Said Love on Instagram and Facebook for up-to-date info. And visit the website at JesusSaidLove.com for how you can join the JSL fam. Until next time. Share the love.